Hello there, newcomer. Welcome to the Life Tips Podcast. My name is Nate, and I'm here to help you navigate through important situations that affect our everyday lives and provide a roadmap for you to make the best decisions in the future. The fun part is that each topic is unique to whatever you're going through, and it doesn't matter your youth or gender. Everyone can benefit. So sit back, enjoy the ride, and let's discover how we can live our best life today. Enjoy. Hey world, it's Nate. Welcome back to another Life Tips podcast episode. So, the demand was ridiculous, like through the roof ridiculous. So, I'm going to be recording on a weekly basis now. Yay! Hand claps all around. Yay! Okay. Anyway, (laughs) it will be a little bit inconsistent for a while. So, after I record episode two and the special episode... Things will slow down by the time we get around to episode four. So, um, this is episode three. You're going to see this maybe a day or so after episode two and the special drop. So, those drop on their respective days. And then not long after, this will drop. And then afterwards, I'll go on a weekly basis for episode four, five, six, etc., etc., um, so pray for me. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, just want to reiterate again, as usual, that you're listening to this podcast live on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more, thanks to Anchor. Everything is free. The app distribution to streaming platforms, etc., etc. You can even make money off your podcast also. It's basically a one-stop shop for podcast development. So all you have to do to get started is go to www.anchor.fm. Download the app to your Android or iOS device and start recording. Alright then. So as for today's topic of discussion, it's going to be very, very dope. Um, so today I just want to just detail something that has been a huge part of my life and explain it to you. Explain the difficulties and how I overcame the topic. You know what it's like being a social nobody? I mean, really, struggling to make friends, struggling to be social, struggling to just exist in this world. Like, you know, the basics of just how to talk to people like, you know, thank you. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You're welcome. All that stuff. But yet no one teaches you how to actually make friends. You kind of sort of learn it when you're a kid, but not really. You really have to, like, learn that for yourself. Um, so yeah, anyway, let me just get into it and I'll, um, hopefully explain it in a way that makes sense so that you can figure this out and then put two and two together and then I'll walk you through the rest of it until we get to where we are now. So start off, let me just tell you guys that I was homeschooled. 
<laughs> what? Shocker. Oh, my gosh. Some of y'all are probably like, what in the world is he talking about? What is homeschooling? Let me break it down. All right. So let's just say you have 15 families. So think about 15 families. And then uh, let's just take Frederick, Frederick, Maryland, for example. So all 15 families are in the Frederick, Maryland Homeschool Association. It's a big organization that covers the 15 families. Now, it differs depending upon the size of the family. You could have a family of eight, a family of five, a family of 10, 15, in terms of siblings, children, etc., etc. Doesn't matter how many kids you have. If you're under this program, each child has to go through it. So you got 15 families, and they're all under the same umbrella, organization, etc., etc., Frederick, Maryland. So... There's one man, woman, it doesn't matter, who's over the Frederick Maryland Homeschool Association. And so their job is to talk to all the different leads of the 15 families. So within each 15 family, there's a lead person that takes charge of visiting the other person's home to get detailed experiences or detailed descriptions, I'm sorry, of how their child has been performing in, you know, school. So each family has to basically look after the other. So once all that's done and each 15 household member, et cetera, et cetera, has been taken care of, they all give their reports to the one person over the homeschool organization. And then the one person in charge of the Frederick, Maryland homeschool organization goes to the state of Maryland and says, okay, all 15 families are doing exactly what we told them to do. They're all meeting the requirements so that each child and respective 15 person family or 15 family of however many people, you get the picture, can graduate on time with a high school diploma. And so basically, that's the that's the organizational setup of how homeschooling works. But the deeper part of it is the personal aspect. So you might be wondering, okay, so you're homeschooled, Nate. How did that actually work? Well, I had my mom. It's different between family to family. Some people homeschool with their mom, their dad. It really doesn't matter. But there's usually one person, one parent in the home that does the homeschooling, that does the teaching for a variety of different subjects. You, I'm sure you can think of the state requirements in your own state for, you know, graduating high school. So if you live in Maryland, it's a specific set of courses. If you live in Delaware or... Vermont or wherever in the United States you live, you have different requirements for what you have to do to pass high school. So think about all that and then distribute that between, you know, homeschooling and the parent and stuff like that. So the difference is, though, that not every course is taught by one parent. It gets a little confusing. Let me explain. So... One parent might teach, say, four out of 
the required subjects, whereas the other subjects go in a category we like to call co-op. And a co-op basically is where you have 15 families under the homeschool umbrella. And all 15 families study the exact same thing, but take English, for example. English class for all 15 families is done together as a collective and a different homeschool parent that's not the homeschool parent of said child teaches it. So let me give you an example. Martin teaches the English class for Deborah, Jonathan, Corey, Beth, and Michael. And all five of those students take the same English class, which is taught by Martin, the father of Michael. Get the picture now? So that's the organizational aspect of homeschooling. And I basically just broke down you know, how homeschooling actually works. This is probably going to end up being a long podcast, so just get ready. It's probably not going to go uh, for 25 minutes. But now that you know that, and now that you know how homeschooling is organized and how homeschooling actually works, now we're going to go into the social struggles because while homeschooling was great from an educational standpoint, I did kill it in school. Most homeschool students kill it as well. But when it comes to socially and social settings when it in homeschooling, it's 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 crazy. Let me just explain this. There are multiple unprecedented social struggles that come up when you're homeschooled. So basically, if you put two and two together, homeschool means that your schooling takes place at home. So there's no getting up at the break of dawn and waiting in the cold or in the heat, depending upon which season of the year it is, to get on a bus and then you go to a building, which is your elementary, middle, high school, and there's no interacting with 500 students in a day. There's no start school at 8.30 and get out at 3 and then you're home by 4 or 5 o'clock with a boatload of homework. That doesn't exist in homeschool. In homeschool, it lasts all day for as long as it needs to until about 6 o'clock. For me, it was 6 o'clock. I think it was 5 o'clock for me, actually. 5, 6 o'clock, whatever, you get the point. School is done at that particular time when you're homeschooled, and then the rest of the night is dedicated to homework. So depending upon the number of courses you're taking, you got a lot of homework at night, and it's due on specific days, and then on top of that, you have your co-op work that's separate from the courses you take at home, which is due on different days as well. So it can kind of get crazy and, and overwhelming. But the social struggles are much, 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 much worse. 
outside of the co-ops, but you're really not interacting with anybody. Really. Outside of the co-ops, it's just you and your parent. So now, it's different now, because when I was coming up in homeschooling, it was it was like this. But now, you have tutorials and and different bigger organized things within homeschool that are put on by different organizations. So it counts towards your homeschooling credits, even though you're not actually taking the majority of courses at home. Instead of taking all the courses at home, you can now break it up and have some stuff be in co-ops and then you only have to take one or two classes at home with your parent, which makes the experience better because you have, say, more people under the organized tutorial thing than you do at homeschool. So if there's, going back to that 15-person homeschool example, if there's 15 families in that homeschooling setup, but there's 300 families in the homeschool tutorial, then you basically get the point. If you go to the homeschool tutorial and you do like two courses at home, you're basically set. And you can get that public private school experience where you have a bajillion, that's not a real word, but a bajillion friends, you know, where your phone is blowing up all times of the day and People are always messaging you. You get all the girls texting you. And yeah, you get the picture. I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I had no tutorials growing up with 300 in a tutorial in homeschool. That's an exaggeration. There's not really 300. But that just gives you a basic idea of, of how it's structured. But yeah, I didn't have that. So uh, it was really, 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 really difficult for me growing up to make friends. I don't believe I really cared in elementary school, but in middle school, yeah. So in middle school, that's when High School Musical came out. If you remember the original High School Musical, not the bull, you know brand new high school musical that's coming out. No, 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 no. The original high school musical with Zac Efron and um, Vanessa Hutchins, the Troy and Gabriella high school musical that came out back when, back in the good old days. Yeah, that high school musical. I was in middle school when that came out. So I was basically praying to God. By the way, I'm a Christian. So if you get you know, Christian spirituality, faith references in the podcast. That's where it comes from. So in middle school, I was praying to God, like, okay, I'm going into high school next year. I kind of want to meet a girl and I want to sing throughout every hallway. And, you know, I want high school to be one big song fest and fall in love and all that. Yeah, yeah, I really wanted High School Musical to actually happen, but it didn't happen like that, and I was so blown. But it, on a non-joking note, it was really, really worse than that. Because in high school, that's where things actually started. I 
grew up in a fairly conservative Christian household. So there are certain things I couldn't do till a certain time period. One of those was talking to girls. I know that sounds crazy, but I can distinctly remember growing up in middle school, high school, watching all my guy friends talk to girls, connect with girls, and do stuff with girls, have girls over at their house, and I couldn't do any of that at all. I know now why, but still messed me up. So at 16, I was finally allowed to do it. And that was about how many years of puberty? Hang on. That's middle school, technically pre-high school. That's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. That's five years. Five years, guys, of falling behind in certain things. So at 16, I was literally playing catch-up. Not just with girls, in social situations in general. This down, this details like like asking for people's numbers, and I had and communicating. I had to learn all that by myself. No one taught me this stuff, so I had to learn how to properly ask for people's numbers. I had to learn how to properly communicate with people when the best times to text were. I had to learn different people's communication styles. So, whereas I like to talk on the phone, FaceTime, not many people liked to do that. Everybody liked to text. So I had to learn all that by myself. And then you add on, since I'm a guy, since you, you add on talking to girls. Woo! And that can be a separate podcast in and of itself, but you add on talking to girls, and you can now see the abundant social struggles that I had to overcome as a result of homeschooling. It was not easy. Even though I had a college prep program that I was involved in, it helped a little bit, but it didn't really work out. So then you go to college. I'm out of high school at this point. I'm a young freshman in college. Here's where we're at now. Here comes the internet. I didn't even have social media growing up, guys. That's so embarrassing to say on a podcast in front of millions and millions of people, but it's the truth. I did not have social media growing up. Not till I was 17. So when I was 17, graduated high school, got social media. I was finally able to fit in. I was finally going to be accepted. I was finally going to be liked by people. (laughs) Wrong. Wrong. In my Donald Trump voice. Excuse me. That's another podcast episode. But, yeah, I was so wrong. Um, Social media didn't really help at all. In fact, it made things worse. Because what I was learning from social media was that people weren't really being themselves with me. They were faking it. What I saw on social media didn't really match up with what I was seeing in real life. And so, the friends that I had developed over high school, all of them dropped off. All of them. 
best friends that I used to have weren't best friends anymore. Went off to college. Nothing. I'll probably mention this in another podcast episode, but I distinctly remember being rejected by my best friend when I confessed that I had feelings for her before she went to college. And that was a wrap. We never talked anymore after that. Again, I could probably detail that in a different podcast episode. I probably will. But you get the point. Homeschooling has been explained. Social struggles have been explained. Now we're at the internet part. And since I didn't get the internet until uh, college in terms of social media, here's what happened. I ended up at Liberty University, the largest Christian university in the world, at 17 years old, going on to 18 Finally, in a real school experience with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people around me, my dorms were filled with guys. We had sister dorms. There was a whole campus of students around me. Couldn't escape it. I had classes with 200 people. It was extremely overwhelming. I kept going home at night thinking, this is what high school was like? This is what I missed out on? I distinctly remember trying to talk to two twin cheerleaders as a freshman. Oh, goodness, I'm embarrassing myself right now. But I literally did that. One one twin, one semester. The other twin, the next semester... Come to find out they had boyfriends who were football players. Even that was mind-boggling. The, the, the social structure of you got the football players and the basketball players and the cheerleaders at the top of the podium, the top of the totem pole. Then you have everybody else down here. And I'm a regular student trying to go after a cheerleader and it didn't work. And I was like, what the heck? But then I realized, oh, wait, there's a social structure set up. Where you can not get cheerleaders unless you're a football player, a basketball player. You have to be one of those. You can't be a regular student at the school and date a cheerleader. That's dead. But but that was the social structure that I didn't understand because I was homeschooled. Didn't have any of that stuff growing up. Prom. Oh my gosh. I missed prom. I didn't take a girl to prom. I did not, I repeat, did not take a girl to prom. I will probably detail this in another podcast episode. But there were things like ring by spring and and homecoming. And I actually thought there was going to be a homecoming dance and all that stuff like other colleges had. But Liberty was old and still is ultra conservative. They do have a homecoming, but there's no homecoming dance. There's no homecoming, you know, party and stuff like that, like other colleges have. In terms of just like an organized thing. So, yeah. I basically have embarrassed myself like 10 times over in this podcast, but you get the picture. So, the internet. Specifically social media. I got it when I was... 17, thought I was going to fit in, didn't really work because I saw the negative sides of social media and that people were not being 
real with me in real life. But they were showing their real self on social media and it drove me crazy. That's not where everything ends, though. Social media became the medium with where I developed friendships. Dramatic pause. I'm not kidding. It was that difficult. It was so difficult to meet people in real life. To exchange contact information. In the business world, we call it networking. It was so hard for me to do that. And so since social media was my escape route, where I could be real, honest, and vulnerable about what I was going through in my life, I just got on there and started venting. Eventually, I realized I couldn't vent on Facebook because my family was on Facebook, so I decided to go on to Twitter and start venting there, and I just started using Twitter. And that's where my love affair with Twitter came. And as you probably have figured out by now, that is where I met my best friend, Becca. There's an entire special episode dedicated to that that you can listen to. But that was literally the first friend I made on social media. Becca. Twitter. Seven years ago. We're still cool to this day. And eventually, as I mentioned in the podcast, detailing Becca and I's relationship, eventually we will meet in person and I will finally end that saga. But more on that later. Point is that I made a lot of friends on social media after being on social media initially, and it ended up being better than making friends in real life. So, yeah, that's the process of meeting online friends face to face. I just, it started with Becca, started with one person, then it blew up. Then I was meeting more people on social media and more people on social media to the point where I met all of my best friends on social media and for the most part, transferred them to real life for the most part. But that's basically how it worked out. I met people face to face eventually, but I started meeting people online at the start and it was great it gave social media a purpose and then eventually of course I realized that the internet also gave me my passion and so uh I'll probably detail that in another podcast episode oh you gotta be kidding me I just lost internet on my laptop for three seconds and now I'm back. It's reloaded and I actually can finish this podcast. Woo. Um, it's buffering guys. Hold on. Okay, here we go. So yeah, I met most of my friends online on social media. There secrets out. I don't care. Not many people know that anyway, but now you do. It's public knowledge. Most of my friends came from social media, and I'm not embarrassed about that. I'm proud. I'm happy. My best friend, Facebook, met in person. A really cool friend of mine, 
Instagram. Met in person. Who else? <laughs> the young lady from episode two. Galena. Oh man, the gorgeous, beautiful. I could go on and on about that woman. Sheesh. She's one of a kind, that one. I met her on Facebook, and we met in person. You get where this is going. It's almost over, though. Becca's the last one. Well, actually, that's not true. But for the most part, Becca is the last public friendship on Facebook that has yet to cross over into real life. I'm sure there are some others that will eventually get met. But it's not really going to get as much promotion as the main ones. But, yeah. As for the future, man, I think it's over. Because this is just what happened initially. Over time, I did get better. I started meeting people in real life. And online. And eventually, meeting people online fizzled out. That's where I'm at now. I'm actually meeting people face-to-face now. I'm more network-savvy, of course, thanks to my job. And now with the podcast and motivational speaking and being a brand and business cards and the whole nine yards, you get the picture. But as for the future... I think it's almost over. It's coming to an end because, like I said, Becca is the last one. Once I meet Becca, that's it. No more major internet friendships that have yet to be met in real life. There are other internet friends that have to meet in real life. But just because they're not major doesn't mean they're not important. They are. It just means that I'm just going to meet them low-key and it's not going to be made like uber public. But yeah, the future basically looks bright now. I don't have to worry about struggling socially or or having social anxiety or any of that stuff. Because I'm confident in who I am. I've learned everything that I need to know. There's still room for improvement. There's still more things to know. There's still new things to learn. But... I'm not a beginner anymore. And so now I can teach people what to do. I can teach people how to do what I did, but better. In a more efficient way, where they don't have to go through the same struggles I did, even if you weren't homeschooled. Now, there are things that are coming that are happening now that I never experienced before that I can detail in another podcast episode. But if I can leave you with one tip, since this is called Life Tips, if I can leave you with one tip, don't rely on social media to give you 
friends for life. Don't do it. You're probably thinking, why, Nate? The reason why is not because of catfish. I know what some of y'all are going to say. Oh, Nate, you could get catfished so easily. No, 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 no. I have never been catfished my entire life. And now that meeting people online is over, I don't plan on being catfished. So I basically have survived the catfish period. If I was going to get catfished, it would have happened by now. And then I would have ended up on the show, would have had to call Neve and Max. But I didn't get catfished at all. Everybody I met on social media had been confirmed to be real humans. Met them through various mediums. We are now friends in real life. End of story. No need to call catfish. Because it doesn't apply to me. But because catfish is real and it is a thing and it is dangers out there and people are getting kidnapped and kids are getting kidnapped and all this other stuff is happening in the world thanks to the internet and all the hackers and yeah, because of all that and identity theft, you got to be careful. You really have to be careful. So that's tip number one. Don't use social media as the primary tool to make friends for life. Because of those dangers. Instead, meet people in real life. Please. I'm begging you, essentially. Because trust me, it'll be more beneficial in the long run if you can manage to do that. Now, I know some of you probably social anxious, socially anxious, have social anxiety, have anxiety, period, struggle with depression, etc., etc. It's difficult to let people in. I get that. And for some of you, the internet is a safe place. And real life isn't. I've been there. It sucks. But there's something in the Bible that says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm not going to preach to you on podcasts. This podcast isn't going to be churchy, but fear can hold you back from making friends for life. Tip number two. Fear can hold you back from making friends for life. If you're afraid of being rejected, I understand. I was there. But see, here's the thing. A wise man once said that if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. He's right. There's a clear fear of rejection. That's that's understandable. That's natural. There's also the other half of it, where you're not afraid of rejection, but you're more so spending all of your time trying to please people and be liked and accepted. That's not going to work. Trust me. Been there, done that. Doesn't work. Just be yourself. People will gravitate to it. You'll make friends easily. I'm telling you. I did it. It works. So, yeah. Those are the only two tips I've got. 
That's the end of this podcast. I know it was super, super long, but I'm glad you all are sticking around. I'm glad that you guys are listening. The feedback I've gotten is extremely, extremely beneficial. Thank you to everybody who's been coming up to me in person and saying that the podcast has blessed them. (sighs) Telling you guys, this is not easy, but it's worth it. So, yeah, that's Life Tips Episode 3 for you. It's difficult being a social nobody. But with a little faith and a boatload of effort and some wise counsel and healthy tips, you'll go from being a social nobody To a social butterfly flying above the clouds, bringing all the right people with you for the remainder of a lifetime. That's it. That's all I got. I'll see y'all in the next podcast. Peace.